Hello, everyone, and welcome to Know the Show, our musical theater podcast where we deep dive into classic musicals one at a time. I'm Michael Fling, the Artistic Associate at Goodspeed Musicals, and I'm so pleased to be joined by my favorite Cinderella story, and I'm really talking about her fashionable shoe collection, Annika Chapin, Signature Theater's Director of Artistic Development. Hi, Annika. Hi, Michael. Yes, lots of changes afoot here at the podcast. Changes, oh... So many changes between our um, title change. change. <laughs> I was going to say, how many, no, no change of heart, a change in me. How many change songs can we come up with? <laughs> Although I'm now at the David Bowie one. So I'm like, oh no, I, I immediately pooped out of musicals. So it's rare for me, rare for me that it's not 11,000 musical songs. I, I can't even think of anything from, uh, Carolina or change. I'm like, what's the next? I was like, I've now I'm out of my yeah. Rolodex. So, oh, but all I'm asking for is change from a um, a new brain. Okay, another another reference to change in a musical that means both changing like the state of altering form and like physical coins. Yeah, I guess referencing brother can you spare a dime doesn't really uh, get us what we're looking for okay anyway <laughs> uh so couple things one yes in case you are a returning guest of the podcast we are now know the show we are the artist formerly known as in the spotlight um but because of annika's work development um and in development uh artistic development not fundraising development for you theater nerds um we uh we decided to rebrand. We thought that this, after the first two years of being very successful, but we thought this was a better encapsulation of what we were really doing and our aims and our goals. And uh, so that's, we're now know the show and we will be henceforth. And we are back with everyone's favorite musical March Madness. This year, our theme being Broadway's best number. Uh, Our first year that we did this, we just did musicals against each other and it was super fun. And we, we're like, well, but what are we actually crowning? Are we saying it's the best musical? Are we saying it's the best Broadway musical? What's the what's actually the criteria here? And then last year, we did um, Movie Musical March Madness, uh, which was a ton of fun, but a little more clear in what we were going for. And this year, we decided the theme should be Broadway's best number. So, Annika, why don't you take a second and uh, talk about what you think, what that means to you? Because I think this this title that we're vying for could mean a lot of things to different people but what do you think what was your and our kind of goal in calling it this yes well this was certainly a debate because we thought about show tunes do we call it show tunes do we call it you know song and it felt like show tunes is a different kind of thing because show tunes sort of implies like the song you're humming in your car and song is a different thing and really like broadway and musical theater has numbers a lot of the time. And by that, it means something where you have the song, you have the music, the lyrics, the character work, the character development of it, but also you have that additional element of the staging is I think part of a number in a way that um, a show tune doesn't quite encapsulate. So we have a bunch of different wonderful classic numbers on this bracket. And some of them I feel like are definitely on the on the scale from like zero to 10 of, of razzmatazz. You know, some of them do a lot less work in terms of character development, but do a lot more work in terms of just like sheer spectacle. And some of them are a little bit more contained, a little bit more personal. You know, something like a, a song like Ring of Keys is obviously 
just a, a girl singing a very personal song. There's no tap dancing. There's no flashy costumes. So we've got a, a little bit of a spectrum here on ter- in terms of like theater to spectacle. And it's going to be interesting to see who has come out on top and how people decided to define that number for, for themselves. But for me, it's which song staged in a musical succeeds the most at those, I would say, those kind of three or four elements, music, lyrics, character development, and also just like staging razzmatazz. Well, and I, yeah, cause it's an interesting thing. I had a friend ask me <clears throat> this question, like what, what are you really like, how am I supposed to be judging these numbers against each other? And I was like, well, I feel like in some ways, because we put the restriction on ourselves, just a little of the background of how we do this every year, <clears throat> we put the restriction on ourselves to only pick one number from um, a, a, a musical so we didn't have five numbers from a musical or even two. We just did one per show. And I feel like the way we ended up kind of going about it, it was like, well, in some ways, what is the most emblematic number of this show? Like, what is it? What's the what's the thing that I'm taking away from it? And I feel like it's because, <clears throat> or how I started to think about it, is like, which what number is like succeeding in its storytelling element the most from each musical that it's mm-hmm. from like i think about like defying gravity is so emblematic of what wicked is as a show ring of keys is so emblematic of what um is so emblematic of uh fun home uh i think about a number like weekend in the country being like so opulent yeah. and big and like an incredible musical storytelling for a little night music which like so it kind of it feel that's kind of almost how we how we went about it so it has been challenging because like a, a couple of the matchups, I, you know, every year. So we, we take all these numbers, we take all these songs, we rank them one to 64, and then we go through a seeding process, just like the NCAA tournament for all you college basketball nerds. Um, and then we just, we, we basically snake them as they do. And the matchups are random. We don't, we don't curate the matchups in any way, shape or form. It's always so interesting how certain numbers are placed against each other. Like, you know, this, like last this last round, we had um, Edelweiss versus Soliloquy, like a Rodgers and Hammerstein showdown of two incredibly different numbers. Let's start, Annika. What are some of the what are some of the numbers that before we even started, you were expecting to do really well? Did you feel like we did a nice job seeding? Did you feel like anything was particularly low that should have been higher? What were your initial feelings on the bracket itself? Well, it's really always so interesting to just see how these things shake out, you know. Um, and for me, I think you can, it's so impossible to, to separate the personal from the, the magnitude of what that number is like in, in the, the theatrical canon, in our culture, et cetera, like that. So something for me that was interesting is like Seasons of Love is not a number I actually really love that much, personally. I love Rent, but that, that's kind of not a... a a number that particularly resonates for me. And we have it seated first because obviously like that is a number that looms large in the culture and looms large for a lot of people. So that was one that was kind of interesting to see. It did very well. It has, you know, progressed, um, defeating some Titans. Um, but something like, and then there are other ones where for me, it was very, very hard to choose because either because it was two very different kinds of song or because it was, just two numbers that I think are great numbers. Like one of the hardest ones for me to do was 
um, we had a matchup between uh, A Weekend in the Country and Phantom of the Opera. And for me, that was very tricky. A Weekend in the Country is one of the greatest numbers of all time in terms of like everything I talked about, like the one of the best end of act one, one numbers of all time. I mean, Sondheim obviously at his best, every single thread of that song is, is giving you information. It's hilarious. It's funny. It's telling you where everybody is going into this like crazy act two where everyone's going to be together and all of the stuff is going to come crashing together. I mean, like you can't fault a weekend in the country as a number. It's a great number, but Phantom of the Opera to me is also a killer number. It's really fun. I listen to it a lot. You know, it just draws you in and you want to listen to it all the time and play it. So it's like, for me, that those are two numbers with a capital N like they are achieving their dramatic purpose they are giving you mood. They are giving you storytelling. They are giving you spectacle. They are giving you everything. And so choosing between those two was a lot harder for me than something where it was like something very small versus something much larger or, you know, an older or a newer one, things like that. You know, I had a little bit of an easier time. I, I tended to to go towards ones that were a little bit more like, I think, the ones with multiple characters kind of did a little better in my mind than the ones with only two characters, just because of that idea of like a, a number really has that um, kind of spectacle element to it, that it's a little bit different than a sort of personal internal number. But at the same time, like Adelaide's Lament or Rose's Turn is an amazing number. So anyway, this is all to, I've, you asked me a very specific question. I'm giving you a very rambly answer to say that once again, it's very difficult. Well, it's, 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 just always, it's always surprisingly like, you know, for me in the, in the first round, the, the matchups that really like got to me were like vanilla ice cream versus Edelweiss. I was like, how can you do yes. this to me? Like I adore, you know, vanilla ice yes. cream is one of the great soprano solos yeah. to ever exist. And like, but Edelweiss is like the heart like Edelweiss is such a small, lovely, intimate number in The Sound of Music. And we picked that kind of intentionally because we wanted to have something yeah. that was, a, you know, we could have picked any number of things from The Sound of Music. It's The Sound of Music. But we we're like, let's do something right. that like really is emblematic of, <clears throat> I've, I've used the word emblematic before, but something that really captures the heart of of The Sound of Music yeah. in a way that that is a little more intimate as opposed to doing a big bombastic, you know, chart topping my my favorite things or like do re me type situation um yeah so uh so that was a really tough one i also you know in the that was in the downstage left bracket i think and in the downstage right bracket the same seating the like seven versus ten shall we dance versus glitter and be gay felt particularly hard for me because i was like glitter and be gay is like a phenomenal if you're not familiar with glitter and be gay like let me help you like go watch Kristen Chenoweth do glitter and be gay in the Candide concert. Like, uh, like what, 15 years ago now, probably, um, probably about one that, of yeah. the most phenomenal performances I think you could ever see of a phenomenal number, but like the flip side is like, shall we dance to me has one of the most incredible moments in all of musical theater between, uh, Anna and the King of Siam and that moment where they do dance, like oh. the sexual tension that's been bubbling for like, Two, like two and hours and 15 minutes at that point, whatever. And I just, and I'm yeah. like, how can you make me choose between these two things? How self, how can you make me choose? Between I mean, these two things? we are just brutal sadists and masochists at the same time. Well, and, and also let me just give a shout out to shall we dance too? Because like 
man, I feel like the entire second season of Bridgerton is basically Shall We Dance too. <laughs> like, you know, it's all that moment. It's sort of like two people who spar with each other and then they like dance meaningfully. And thank you to the King and I for, um, for giving that to us. Spoiler alert, have not watched the second season of Bridgerton yet. So hope that's not spoiling anything. Um, <clears throat> no. Okay, great. I it is not. Love Bridgerton. I think you'll be I'm fine. In the middle of, I'm in the middle of the Gilded Age, which I'm really enjoying. Oh. I'm totally, I'm a total sucker. For yeah. Me. Total sucker. But not enough sexual repression dancing in no. the Gilded Age season one. I'm just going to say. No, not enough. Not enough. Although I, well, we don't need to get into it. Lots of broad, I mean, phenomenal Broadway talent being featured in uh, the Gilded Age. Yeah, um, true. The other, you know, I have to say in the first round, one of the other matchups that I I felt particularly attacked by was Home from the Wiz versus So Much Better from Legally Blonde. Because Home from the yes. Wiz is like an iconic number, but So Much Better, I, I can't say I'm surprised that Home beat out So Much Better in a lot of ways. I can't say I'm surprised by it, but it was a sad, a sad first round matchup that, you know, So Much Better, in another version of this, like So Much Better could absolutely be like winning a winning uh its division almost like what a phenomenal phenomenal number but um yeah so what yeah i i agree what are oh and i i'm just gonna say one that also hurt me too even though i kind of get it um memory versus someone in a tree with memory taking it um very hurtful to me because someone in a tree is one of the greatest numbers in the history of musical theater and you know, an interesting thing, the opposite of what I said before, which is that like memory is very much a personal number, but, but you know, that in that case you have like some of the most indelible high notes and a dramatic like peak that is kind of unmatched in these, you know, that, that's so emblematic of that kind of song. So I guess I see why I took it, but RIP to someone in a tree on this bracket because, oh, it's so good. <laughs> The other, you know, one of the other matchups that I, Old Man River versus Ring of Keys really got to me too. I was like, this is so yeah. just awful. I mean, it's just awful that we have, that, that it's the way that it falls. But um, I think the only other, yes. the only other thing we should explain about round one, <clears throat> or I feel like we could potentially get critique for seeding um, my shot from Hamilton at a number six seed um, and not higher just because it's Hamilton. And how can you, how can you not? But <clears throat> I have to say, I was a little surprised with Wheels of a Dream yes. beating it in the in the first round. I that was a real surprise for for me. I I in terms of upsets, like some of the upsets that happened first round that I wasn't expecting. <clears throat> I really wasn't expecting that upset, but were there, you know, talk about some of the other first round upsets, Annika. Was there anything that really surprised you? We didn't have that many upsets, frankly. Um, but what, you know, the real Cinderella story of the of the bracket so far is uh, um, not maybe surprisingly to us, but um, is the prologue of into the woods, which we, we put at a very low 13 seed and it's made it all the way, you know, it's, it's, it's progressed uh, quite a bit so far. We will announce the sweet 16 in a minute, but um, ironically, maybe it's the Cinderella story, but this is what happened when it was in our bracket, when into the woods was in our bracket two years ago, it ended up making it to the finals. Yeah. And I think like a 10 seed, um, so, you know, what, talk about some of the upsets. What are, what are some of the things that have surprised you and done surprisingly well, even if they're a higher seated, you know, number? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> certainly into the woods, I think has surprised us every single year, obviously it's a show that we love and appreciate, but didn't quite think in the past would have the like Titanic superpowers in these brackets that it has had consistently. Um, 
So that certainly was something. One of the surprising ones to me was Brotherhood of Man and I'm Here. I mean, they were they were seated at eight and nine, so it's not it's we don't have a sort of massive up here upset here. But I I guess that's just a personal thing. Um, I didn't I don't know the score of Color Purple as well as uh, a lot of these shows, and so for me, I kind of thought, oh well, that's a beautiful song, but. I don't know how well known it is. And I think that shows me that I need to spend more time listening to the color purple because brotherhood of man is a very kicky fun number um, from obviously how to succeed in business without really trying. And I thought that that would probably take that one pretty easily just by virtue of being, you know, a peppy fun old school musical theater number. But, but I was wrong there. I mean, Certainly we have, let's see, what are the other ones that really surprised me? I totally agree. Uh, I did not expect Wheels of a Dream to take it over my shot. Very, very interesting. Um, I think I assumed that some of the bigger numbers would take it over some of the sort of ballads. That was not true. Um, We saw a lot of ballads or internal moments doing very well here. Um, and yeah, and some some really good ones going down, you know? I mean... So all this voting happens in our Instagram story at, at knowtheshowpod. Um, it's all in our Instagram story, and the Sweet 16 will go live, like, right after this episode is published. So um, if you, you may have seen it already on the Instagram story, or this may be where you're getting what happened, what made it to the Sweet 16. So um, yeah, mm-hmm. so anyway, so go ahead. You can talk about the second round. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, let me finish one thing too. And there there were some too that I thought might be a little bit of a surprise upset that did not end up being a surprise upset at all. Like, you know, I'm alive versus soliloquy. I kind of thought, you know what, like next to normal is a much more contemporary show. I think for a lot of our listeners, uh, next to normal is a score they listen to a fair amount. Um, that's a great number. I kind of wondered about soliloquy as like a number. I mean, it's obviously one of the greatest sort of musical theater moments of all time, but I thought that there was a chance that I'm Alive would sneak in there. um, And it did not. Soliloquy took it, uh, which fair. I mean, again, it is probably one of the greatest um, musical theater number for a male actor playing Billy Bigelow is one of the biggest, you know, it's one of the hamlets of musical theater. So that was not a surprise. And then in the second round, you know, we really had some some very difficult matchups, uh, which I will say ended up also being surprises in some cases. So let's go ahead and dive into it. So let's uh, we'll go match. <clears throat> well, let's go match by match because um, there aren't that many. We don't have to spend a lot of time talking about it. But OK, so our big Sweet 16 announcement, our first Sweet 16 matchup is a number one seated Defying Gravity versus a number 13 seated prologue of Into the Woods. Um, definitely the Cinderella story of the bracket, as we said, Into the Woods this year. Um, Annika, do you think Into the Woods can pull off the upset over Defying Gravity? It's certainly its toughest matchup yet, but uh, what? But it's also already taken down some Enchanted Evening and all that jazz. So is Defying Gravity really that hard of a matchup for Into the Woods? What do we, how, where do we think it's going to fall? I feel like it will probably fall to Defying Gravity, is my guess, but I don't know. I mean, if there's one thing I've learned in the past few years doing this, it is do not underestimate Into the Woods. So I'm going to say Into the Woods just because I think it it really resonates with our listeners. And gosh, that is that number is 12 minutes of setting up 
11 billion stories. So well, and does a phen- it's pretty amazing. And does a phenomenal job doing it. And I, I think we could certainly say that uh, in a, f- a future March Madness bracket, we will be doing just Broadway's best opening number. And I would not be surprised if Into the Woods wins that bracket. I would not be surprised because what a phenomenal job it does. Yes. Yeah, uh, truly. So our next our next uh, Sweet 16 matchup in the upstage right division is a number three seeded one from Chorus Line versus a number two seeded and I'm and I'm telling you from Dream Girls. So we've got seeds one, two, three, and then thirteen in the upstage right bracket. But uh, what are you thinking on this matchup? Do you, I feel like and I'm telling you is going to be one? That is my kind of instinct there, just because it is such a Titanic um, tour de force solo, and those seem to be doing pretty well overall. But um, I don't know. What do you think? I, th- I think you're right. Also because I think one is an amazing number in the context of the show because you have so much like storytelling and resonance in terms of one and this, these people and the, the individuality, but like it's also kind of on its own, not super meaty as an, you know, it's, a, it's designed to be a kind of light musical theater number in the show within a show so I think ultimately the the pure meat of And I Am Telling You is going to take it. I do think there's also an older contingent of voters still. We're not doing it across a ton of Instagram stories like we've done in the past. So there, But there is an interesting kind of cross-section of, um, <clears throat> you know, the number that's more recognizable or maybe is on like a Broadway, a Best of Broadway album or whatever. Like one does kind of fit into a stereotypical production number type feel. So it may be able to sneak out the win. But I, I think we also, last year... Dreamgirls was a little bit the Cinderella story of last year's bracket and music and movie musical March Madness. It did very well. Um, so I think it's, it definitely has a strong contingent behind it. And I, I would mm-hmm. imagine that this number in particular would be, would be a strong showing for it. Yeah. So our next, our next, our upstage left division, we have our, our next sweet 16 matchup. We have a number one seated don't rain on my parade versus a number five seeded You Can't Stop the Beat, squeaking out a victory over Cabaret to make it to the Sweet 16. You Can't Stop the Beat, really cutting it close there with Candor and Epps Cabaret. But um, I, do you think Don't Rain on My Parade is, you know, I, I think in some ways it may be the most vulnerable number one seed um, in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, just because I think it may be one of those that people are surprised we put so high in uh, in seeding. But oh, what do you think? How do you think this matchup's going to go? I mean, this is one of the ones that I'm really not sure. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's it's known, I think Don't Rain on My Parade is known mostly for this kind of, I don't know, for me, it's like the Barbra Streisand, it's the, you know, big, brassy thing. But You Can't Stop the Beat is such a fun finale to Hairspray. I, I, I think Don't Rain on My Parade might take it, but I'm really not sure. I'm not putting any money on this one. It does kind of, I, I, I have no idea. I wouldn't, I would not, I, I'm with you. I would not put, I would not put money on it, but it may end up being some of the, you know, some of the races have been absolute blowouts with like 70, 20, so, you know, 73, 27 margins and, and whatnot. And then there have been a couple that have been single vote, single vote splits that I actually, Oof. you know, that I, we've, it's been pretty bananas. So uh, what, and some of those, I'm trying to think of what some of those matchups were. Oh, this next one was one of those battles. So let's, um, our next Sweet 16 matchup um, is a number three seated Hello Dolly versus a number two seated Rose's Turn. And the really tight race here was um, Tradition at a six seed versus um, Hello Dolly at a three seed. A single vote 
separated. A single vote got Hello Dolly into into the Sweet Sixteen, which I'm really surprised at how well tri- and that was really surprising to me um, at how close oh. that was. And so I don't know. What do you think? I, do you think that the voters made the right call here? Do you what do you, what do you think in in that matchup and then in the Rose's turn versus Hello Dolly of it all? Oh, see, that's funny for because for me this was one that kind of shocked me because. Tradition is so indelible as an opening number. It's been the model for so many other opening numbers. I mean, Lynn Miranda has been very open about, you know, how tradition really formed um, the opening number of uh, In the Heights for him. So I I was surprised that tradition did not take down Hello, Dolly, even though obviously Hello, Dolly is a a great number. But um, that was, yeah, that was one that I was like, oh, interesting. But the fact that you didn't think so is kind of an interesting well, thing, and too. I, so I think that's the joy. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I think of Hello Dolly is like a quintessential production number, title number, like, you know, all the things. So, and tradition, while a great opening number, I don't know that, like, you know, does it resonate in the larger popular culture in the way that Hello Dolly has? I don't think so. Um, and yet, not. but we also, yeah. I also, you know, we, the ranking of, uh, of tradition may have been a little low though. It starts to get really hard to actually like, you know, rank them within ourselves and then figure that out. But um, either way, either way, I, it's, it was a very tight race and Hello Dolly squeaks it out, squeaks it out. And we'll be taking on Rose's turn, which it's like, we have the ladies of a certain age, um, Titanic numbers <laughs> taking it on. Yeah. I mean, so that'll be an interesting, I, I suspect that Rose's turn will pull it out. I think by and large, our listenership, being the wonderfully educated, intuitive uh, audience they are, I think are gravitating toward the numbers that are important in the history of musical theater and like represent something big in the canon in a lot of ways, I think seem to be the ones that are squeaking out the victories here mostly. So unless there's some, you know, some people don't like a number or whatever, you know, those kinds of overrated things, but I don't know. Do you think, do you think that's a right, a fair, a fair prediction? I think that's a very fair prediction. I can't imagine Rose's turn not being the victor here. Cause I think also, if you know the show, it's like whoever votes against mama Rose, we know that's a bad idea. She's going to find you and kill and you. And I think, I mean, I think it's also, you know, regardless of what happens between you can't stop the beat and don't run away parade. I would suspect my favorite to win this bracket here would be Rose's turn. I would expect Rose's turn to make it to the final four and maybe end up, I think maybe so end up competing for the title of Broadway's best number. In fact, um, yeah, and, uh, I wouldn't be surprised I, either. I, and a totally, totally reasonable, reasonable thing. Yeah, I agree. So to our downstage right division, uh, we our first Sweet 16 matchup is a number one seeded Seasons of Love versus a number four seeded I Could Have Danced All Night. I have to say, I'm surprised I Could Have Danced All Night is doing as well as it is. I really expected Weekend in the Country to topple it um, and upset it in that, in that previous round. I will say in full canter, that was probably the hardest matchup because I love both of those songs so very much. Um, but what do you, I mean, are you surprised, Annika? I mean, I'm surprised Weekend in the Country, for me, could almost win the bracket. So I, because I, I just think it's so phenomenal. But what, you know, what are your feelings? Yeah, I was also very surprised. I mean, as we've seen, Sondheim t- typically does very well in these brackets. Um, Weekend in the Country, as I mentioned, impeccable, impeccable act one finisher, potentially the best of all time. Um, I could have danced all night. Also a very lovely number, but I don't know. I, I was expecting Weekend in the Country to take this one too. So, and I think a surprise. Probably, Weekend in the Country probably would have been a stronger matchup against Seasons of Love. I, I imagine Seasons of Love is going to blow. I could have danced all night out of the water, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. 
Yeah, I agree. I think Seasons of Love will take this, but I don't know. Maybe I think Dance All Night is our secret underdog. And so our next Sweet 16 matchup uh, in, in the Downright Division is a number 11-seeded Wheels of a Dream versus a number 2-seeded One Day More. Wheels of a Dream really um, cutting it close with a couple of these matchups. Uh, certainly a Cinder- another Cinderella story in the bracket. Um, do you think it'll upset One Day More? I mean, uh, talk about two anthems of their epic shows in a, in a showdown against each other. I mean, what an interesting matchup in that way. But yeah. Truly, yeah. I mean, I I would not think that it would be one day more. One day more is such an indelible number. Again, another Titanic and Act One Ender. Um, such a number and Wheels of a Dream, a different kind of thing. I, I think one day more will take this, but I'm surprised that Wheels of a Dream has made it this far already. So uh, again, one that could surprise us. I mean, taking down memory. Like taking down yeah. memory, that's a huge, I, I don't know if that's more to, you know, I guess the question is, is it more to do, as we've said in other years, is it to do with people's dislike of memory or people's love of Wheels of a Dream? I, I don't know, frankly. Taking, yeah, taking down memory, taking down Hamilton. I mean, it is really, it is steamrolling, which is impressive for, you know, it's seated at 11. It's, it, I don't think we expected this kind of performance no. from it. It's, it's really doing strong. It's doing a great job. So our last division, uh, the down left division, we in a, another single vote separation, a number one seated finishing the hat beats trouble from the music van to make it to the sweet 16. I cannot believe that was as tight as it was. I absolutely cannot believe I was shocked by that personally. Um, and yeah, uh, it'll go up against another Sondheim masterpiece, a number four seated, a little priest. So we've got the Sondheim Sweet 16 showdown in the downstage left division. What do you think is going to take it? Yep. Do you think finishing the hat goes or do you th- like, do you think it wins? Do you think it, or do you think, I mean, it almost lost to trouble. Do you, I, I kind of feel like because it almost lost to trouble, which I love music, man. I famously, I love music, man, but I never would have thought that it would be a single vote separation. So I feel like little priest might actually have the edge here. Yeah, this is a surprising one. I mean, this is one where I, you know, it, you know, we're talking about songs versus numbers. Trouble is such a number. Um, This whole key moment in the show, we've got all the town involved. It's, it's inspired so many parodies that, Finishing the hat is obviously a, like one of the best internal numbers. Um, the anthem for artists, I think, that sense of sacrifice. Uh, I and and little priest again. It's like back to the sort of like a little bit more of a number number. It's funny. It's um, irreverent. It's this great moment. It's it's going to be really tough. I think this is just going to be about what people love more and I don't know I think finishing the hat means so much to people in some cases that I actually think finishing the hat might take this one I mean that's what I would think that is what I would think but I I don't know I don't know yeah it's going to be very interesting I mean this is a this is a tough one because this is you know Sondime versus Sondime two epic numbers from two epic shows, it, this is, I, I'm not looking forward to voting it's, on these two, It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Time yeah. to get those in multiple Instagram accounts so you can cast uh, votes in multiple ways. You, oh, yeah. Use that Finsta. Use that Finsta. Um, okay, and our last Sweet 16 matchup, we have a number six seated Tonight Quintet beating out 
Annie and Tomorrow, the Tonight versus Tomorrow matchup, which I think was so funny, <laughs> not planned at all. Um, and uh, it Tonight wins out over Tomorrow, making it to the Sweet 16, and it will face a number two seeded soliloquy from Carousel, uh, the lone Rogers Hammerstein uh, number to make it into the Sweet 16. Um, you know, I I think that soliloquy probably takes this one. I think it probably ends up being um, it probably ends up making up to the Elite Eight, but what do you think? I think you're probably right. I mean, again, Soliloquy looms so large in the musical theater canon. Um, I'm also fascinated that if it's Soliloquy versus Finishing the Hat, I feel like you have two of the top like numbers for a musical theater male actor in musical theater. <laughs> so, like, you know, we could we could have a very interesting thing here if we have don't write on my parade versus Rosa's turn on the top and finishing the hat versus soliloquy on the bottom. We have like, you know, we've got the like big lady numbers on the top and then these like very indelible male numbers on the bottom could be fascinating. But yeah, I think probably soliloquy will take this, even though I really love tonight, the quintet. I think it's such a great It's number. so phenomenal. I mean, come on. So Quick, fun, you know, thing. There are four Sondheim numbers that have made a Sweet 16. He does encompass a fourth of the Sweet 16 in having written lyrics for tonight, in Finishing the Hat, Little Priest, and in the prologue of Into the Woods up top. Um, An interesting kind of um, breakdown between contemporary and classic musical theater. Um, Certainly a healthy mix, which I, I think is always always good. Um, and a few, obviously Cinderella stories. So I'm quickly before, cause we, we got to wrap it up, but uh, Annika, if you had to, if I put a gun to your head and said, what's going to win, what's going to win this, what's going to take it all. What do you think it's going to be? Shoot, Ooh, shoot from the hip, such... shoot from the hip. <laughs> I think, I think it might be Rose's turn. Um, I think it could be, Oh, I think it could be the prologue of into the woods. I, that's uh, a take. A take. That's a take. That's a hot take. I think more realistically, it could be Defying Gravity. I, I was say, of realistically, love, I, think, I think it could be Defying Gravity, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll see. see. Maybe it, maybe I think there's also, I do think there's also a world where somehow Little Priest takes it. Oh, that's a take. That's uh, a little bit of a take, but I think there's maybe a world. I think there's maybe a world. Yeah. In the right kind of way that it may fall. It, may it may be able to take it but i think i think you're right rose's turn is going to be pretty hard to pretty hard to beat even at a two seed but define gravity yeah i mean like a define gravity versus rose's turn matchup i don't know who wins that right and but a rose's turn versus soliloquy or finishing the hat that's also going to be tough and that's not even the finale so right Woof, we got some stuff coming up. Okay, well, so check in our Instagram story at know the show pod um to keep on voting the sweet 16 is is live and uh, we will be back. Um, we'll do another wrap-up episode at the end of all this to, to chat about all of it. So if you have any questions, feel free to tweet at us, message us on Instagram. And uh, we'll be back uh, in a couple weeks with our, uh, our first episode of the year for season three. We've, we've made it to a third season, if you can believe it. We have. So we've, we've grown, and now we know the show. We, we know many a show. Many a show. We'll see you soon. Bye, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.